No, no, there's no limit. No, no limit. Reach for the sky. No valley too deep. No mountain to check, 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 check one, check republic. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Hello. And, oh. Just doing, just sorry, just tightening all my little bits and pieces, which I should have done beforehand, but I didn't. Hello. Welcome to whatever this is. I don't know if it's a podcast or a show just only for Patreon or what, but welcome to it nonetheless. I don't know what number we're on. I don't know Wagwan. Just having my morning Java. Let's just take a minute to breathe. Because he says, I'm not going to be a fidget spinner anymore. I'm not going to do it. I'm a highly fidgety person because I'm riddled. I'm riddled with this um, hyperactive disorder that I've got. And it's just, it's exhausting at times, mate. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes, oh, hello. (laughs) If you're just watching on Patreon and hello in your luggles. If you're just listening to it out and about in the wild, doing your menial tasks. But yeah, I don't know, for anyone else who, what's it is in, you know, who has an attention and like a hyperactive disorder. I hate saying ADHD, I hate it. I don't even want to, I don't even want it. I don't even want to have it. I hate it. It's just a buzzword, isn't it? It's just a buzz few letters. I don't like it, but it is what I've got. It is what I've had since I was a ute. It's the reason why I was such a, you know... I was kind of a bit of a naughty youth, getting into trouble a lot because I couldn't sit still. I was always chaotic, and um, you know, I try to get, I try to get on top of that. As he fidgets with microphone, I can't stop it. <laughs> so I'm, that's why I'm always in search of just bettering myself. Um. And I feel like a lot of people, you see all these like influencers on social media and they're all, you know, doing the ice baths, running. So I've got a bit of a limp. What's all that about? Just move. So I've got a limp microphone, lads. Is that better? It's moving. <laughs> if you can hear that. Better? Oh, it's that bit as well, yeah. There we are. That's not going anywhere. We're in. We're in. We're back. Good old screwdriver. Right. Oh, keep it zen, Hazel. Keep it zen. Sometimes I watch things back with me in it, and I'm like, dude, have you just snorted a line of gack? Because you're all of it, shant. And that's why I'm always searching, as I was saying, I'm always searching for that, um, some sort of peace in my mind and in here, in my chest and that. And 
I realised that a lot of people that you follow who have like claimed to have got their shit together, the only reason that they've got their shit together is because they didn't have it in the first place, mate. So don't get sucked in. Don't get sucked in. Uh, you see, yeah, you see these people are doing like ice baths, meditation, yoga, healthy eating, all the stuff that I'm into. Um, and then you realise you're doing that because you're, f- you're fighting the demons or you're like, you're off your nut. And speaking of fucking being off your nut, I'm lighting this candle, mate. Sod it. I'm lighting it. Fucking hell. I can't have you lot round and not light me candle, can I? Anyway, it's good morning to you all. Is it even eight? Time is it? (laughs) Half eight in morning. So anyway, yeah, I just wanted to touch on that. So, yeah, you see these people who are, like, getting in ice baths, doing all this, like, breath work and all that. But anyone who I've ever known who have really got their shit together, and I know a few of them, are they boring? No, they've just got their shit together. What? I mean, at least put it on silent, Paul. Come on. They've got their shit together. And so they don't need it. So I'm like, dude, you should, you should jump in a nice bath and you should meditate. And they're like, yeah, but I'm not as fucking, I'm not as off me nut as you. <laughs> I don't need it, you know. I'm happy just to be. I'm happy just to exist. Do me nine to five, I get back, hang out with kids a little bit, put them to bed, get me tea, get Netflix on or whatever, chill, repeat, go to work, come home, Netflix, chill, repeat, weekend, get on booze or go do some, queue up to do something that everyone else is doing for a bit, repeat, and I'm not saying that's the wrong way to live, it's a, it's a comfortable way to live, it's the comfort zone, isn't it? it's the epitome of the comfort zone. But I feel like I can't, I can't dwell in the comfort zone, unfortunately, anymore. I have done many moons ago. I felt sort of a level of comfortableness. I wonder if it's just for, for being too... <laughs> I wonder if I'm too woke, guys, you know? Maybe I'm just too awake that I'm uncomfortable with it. It's that quote by Tim Minchin, he said... Um, don't open your mind too much or your brain will fall out. And I feel like my brain's sort of fallen out a little bit of me nogging. Because I know, I not know too much, but I've gone and got myself all work, and I? And then over, you overthink stuff and overanalyze stuff. And that's why you get these people who are Instagram uh, influencers to try and make you feel better. They're just struggling themselves. They're just, <laughs> all they're doing, all I'm doing is uh, trying to fix fix myself. And then you realise in this day and age with social media, how it is, you can make a living off doing something like that. You know, you can write a book about it. You can motivate people to come to your page to get, you know, motivate them to jump in these ice baths. And then these influencers, you get caught in like a, in an echo chamber of your own doing. And so that you've got to push that narrative all the time. You've got to be like, oh, yeah, I'm up, I'm up ice bath every day. Really? Are you? Jacko Wilkes is a, is one of, is an example I'll use. He's like a military guy, ex-Navy SEAL. I've listened to a few of his podcasts. Decent 
enough guy, proper manly manly man. But he posts these like I don't know if he does it now. I had to stop following him because he made me feel terrible. But so every morning he would post a picture of his watch at like four o'clock in the morning. This black and white photo of a watch. Four o'clock in the morning, like with little things like, no excuse, guys, get the fuck, get on the grind and that. I'm like, dude, you can't tell me that you haven't woke up, just took a photo of your watch at four o'clock and then gone back to bed. Not at least once you've done that. But it's what people expect. They're like, oh, I've come for me daily dose of motivation. And I don't know, mate, it just seems like. If you're completely fixed and you're good with everything mentally and spiritually and all that, I don't think you would need to do it all the time, if you know what I mean. You wouldn't need to make that your identity, which a lot of the time it is. And I realise I do that. Like, my identity is camping, in it, I guess? That's just my hobby, but it's become sort of... It is me. <laughs> There's more to me than just camping, guys. Like, if I meet someone and they've only just ever seen my Instagram or whatever, they just assume I live just in woods or on a mountain or something. But look, I'm here in me. Uh, <laughs> I mean, let's not, let's not, let's address the elephant in the room for people just watching is that I'm dressed like just some sort of 1980s uh, host of like Top of the Pops or whatever. I've got me. My multicoloured jumper on, which it was Joey D's birthday a few years ago, and I took Kaya, my daughter, through to see him and a few friends, and we went for a walk by the canal, and some heathen had fly-tipped a load of shit, like clothes, bits of houseware, whatever, loads of shit, just all by the canal, and this this jumper was part of the fly tip. So I was like, right, I'm having much to Kaya's absolute dismay. I was like, I'm having it. So I found this. I've sat, I found this jumper in a, in a load of rubbish, and it's great. I love it. It makes me feel good. It's a wholesome jumper, and I'm feeling like I want to be a little bit wholesome in this one. So this is my wholesome uniform. Um... I hope everyone's doing okay anyway, out there in the wild. How how are you doing, Ozzy? More to the point. I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. I can't remember what I was, last time I saw you. Oh, yeah. Last time I spoke to you, I was off down. <laughs> I was off down to Kent to see Matt, and then uh, I was going to be going spearfishing uh, down Dorset and then Cornwall and all that one. Ah. It didn't quite pan out like that anyway. So... I don't know. There'll be people who listen to this who don't follow me, mate, Matt, on his escapades, on his Patreon and stuff. So I'll just fill you in briefly. I don't want to dwell on it, mate, because it's been too much. Um, went down to see Matt um, and his uh, brother-in-law, Jamo. Jamo, or Jamias, as I like to call him, because he built a, he built a, like, um, a bench, bless him, out of, out of bush crafty bits, out of wood. Which was kind of beautiful. Then he kind of ruined it by putting like a light blue. It looked almost medical um, foam mat on it. So it looked a bit refugee-ish. The last digs of Ralmert. But (laughs) 
the bush the the idea the thought was there jmo and it was um it was very cute so i went down there uh got a little bit b to the w book to the w wild a little bit uh cuz if i'm honest and if i am honest and i will be honest we on here this is what i do is i've just been in a bit of a weird place in my head well, I was in a weird place in my head. Um, so, and when I'm in a weird place in my head, I get a little bit self-destructive and a little bit chaotic and a little bit um, erratic. And like, way, like, all bets are off, you know? Like, I just stop stop really caring for myself and stuff. So, and that normally looks like, you know, I'll just get on sauce and then maybe even have a rolly or two. You know, not worry about, not watch what I eat, not not worry about my sleep patterns. Just go off rails a little bit. We all do it. Well, not all of us, but some of us do it. So I was in that headspace, I think, anyway. And I'd been out the night before in uh, Sheffield. <laughs> so whatever. Slept in my truck. Like some sort of hobo. And I think Matt wasn't feeling it anyway. His daughter had been sick all night and he was, um, he'd been stressed out with um he's a he's a writer and he'd been stressed out with his work so the mean i just want to focus on the positive stuff as well like i had a mint laugh it, i had laughed like that for a long time and that's what you need to focus on i guess and i know i listened to a bit of matt's podcast but i couldn't listen to it all because i was like oh it's giving me anxiety you know like when you've been out and you've been drunk you just want to forget it man it's giving me a bit of anxiety I sounded like an absolute bell. But the positives, mate, are, uh, we had a great time. And if you were to speak to Jamie, who was the third person there, he would say that he had a great time. We all had a great laugh. It's just that me and Matt had to take it just a little bit too far. And it wasn't even that too far. It was just a little bit too far. And then it all ended <laughs> in a bit of a tragedy, really. But what it was, some highlights, mate, was... Uh, Oh, it was really funny, man. I had a great time, actually, when I think about it. it. Was Matt taking piss out of my stew? I made a stew, and then Matt created this character that I called Nedget or something. What was it? No. Uh, it was a name. Like, I created a name, but it didn't even match what he was what he was doing. And he was doing, like, um, it's probably a, well, it's, I don't know if it is cool to do, but. He was doing, because <laughs> I was making a curry, so he's doing that accent, right? Uh, not malicious or anything, or, or with any bad intent. It was really funny. He's really good at it. But I guess, like, you can't these days. You know, like how they got rid of Apu on Simpsons. Because it's just not cool, is it? So I won't even bother trying to do the impression. But Matt was doing it, and it was so funny, man. It was so funny. And he was saying that... Uh, <laughs> because I've put turnips in it he's like oh, just taking piss out of me for putting turnips in it I used beef in it so he was taking piss that it was like a sacred animal at one point he called it uh, last of the summer wine stew <laughs> oh and then oh mate don't know mate he just held court for a for a good 15-20 minutes and me and Jamie were just fucking pissing our pants man it was so, so funny. I was out on, I was doing that thing again. I was on all fours, like, <gasps> couldn't breathe with how funny it was. So if we're going to just look, look at some positives, that mate, 
To be on all fours, birthing a laughter child is a good thing, isn't it? How often does that happen to you in life? Quite a lot for me, but it is much appreciated when it happens, so I'll take that. So that was really funny, really funny. And the next day, and I had a nice date next day, went to the pub. This is where everything went a little bit south, I think. Matt says that we were arguing a lot, but I don't think we were. I just think I mean, maybe he was in his own head about it a bit more than I was because I didn't think we were arguing too much. I don't even think Jamie thinks it. I think we were bickering a little bit, but that's just mates, isn't it? Um, and I'll just, I'll hold my hands up like, what, what I got wrong <clears throat> was that, Um, yeah, Matt was saying he's like, you know, burnt out, tired, all that sort of stuff. And I'm just seeing it from a, I'm just like, oh, wait, mate, it's only a fucking podcast. You only have to talk for an hour on your phone. You're walking around bloody sewer talking on your phone for now. It's nothing. And I'm thinking like that. I'm thinking like, just think of, you know, you can make a good living off doing that. And there's, and I'm thinking, oh, there's people who have to work at NHS for fuck all and all that. So I'm coming at it from that sort of angle, but I'm not realising that Matt's real job is he's a comedy writer and he is, you know, I, I dismiss it because I'm like, oh, I don't know about it. You know, I'm just like, oh, he's just writing something. But it's, it, when he, the more he talked about it, the more I was like, actually, mate. And on the on the night when we did talk about it, I did apologise and say, look, I got it wrong. It sounds well stressful, man. Like, cause I know the stresses of working for someone else and not getting it right. You know, if I'd built a full garden and then they, they get back to me and they're like, actually, this bit isn't right, you've got to go back and do it again. Or when I've made videos for um, for people who have got a, um, a say in it and then they get back, can you change that? And I've done it all. It's like having to, you can, once you've stirred, you can't, you know, once you've stirred the jam in the porridge, you can't unstir it. You've got to like almost start again. And so Matt has been going through that, like getting pulled, you know, getting pulled from pillar to post with it, and and I and it's a and it's a level of stress that I, I don't get and I don't understand it, but I, you know, so that's maybe why I was a little bit insensitive to that, and uh, I don't know, I just felt a bit bad about that, um, and then we had a little bit of a wrestle. I'll just pick up on this because, and this Matt did start this. I am having it. I'm not having it. I sounded like an absolute bell end on his podcast, but this is the truth is that, and Jamie will back me up because he even said it. Matt started it. He kept coming and like doing this thing where he's like grabbing me and like goading me. And, uh, and I was on, I was like two bottles of rouge deep. I was like listening to sad songs next to a tree. You know what I mean? Like thinking like, <laughs> getting all in my feelings and that. And then I've got Matt looming like goading me so we had a bit of a wrestle and when I wrestle I'm used to just like wrestling like ju- like jujitsu wrestling and then you you know you'll hold, you'll squeeze someone and they'll tap out or you'll get them in a headlock and they'll be like okay tap I'm done but Matt didn't tap out he just kept going and I didn't realize I was hurting his nose and then uh because I would have, of course, I would have stopped. It never got. I was never serious in the whole thing. It was never like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna duff you up. Uh, it was just sort of play fighting, and then I think I got Matt in a, a hold, and he didn't like it. Or he panicked or whatever, and uh, and then he sort of lashed out, but in a real way, not in a play fighty way, in a real light way. 
And I was like, whoa, dude, like, this is play fighting. We're just playing, playing. And you got out of hand. And the thing is with play fighting, don't do it when you've had a cut, <laughs> you know, when you're pissed. Don't play fight when you're pissed is what I learned. Anyway, we put that to bed. It was just, it was just handbags at dawn, really. Um, because we'd been in alehouse as well all day. And that just descended into like chaos. I was like, when I think about it, there was good, Jamie's just there having his two pints because he'll get drunk on the first night and then the next day he'll maybe have one or two Captain Sensible. Brilliant. Whereas me and Matt are just like there eating, daring each other to eat sugar and that salt and pepper sachets, pouring vinegar into our mouths. Absolute chaos, man. And it's, you know... It's Sunday lunch in a lovely country pub. And we're there like, <laughs> eating fucking condiments, man. And that's what you're dealing with. The, the chaos in us. And we make each other chaotic. We're both like, it's like a magnet. We're both the same edge sides or whatever. Like, there's no straight man there. Which is summer, if me and Matt are going to hang out in the future, like if we're going to do adventures and do some actual cool shit where we film it and we do it, we're going to need to address that and we're going to have to just put a sort of some strict rules in place when it comes to getting pissed because historically, every time I've met Matt, we've just like, we're off to races. And it's fun. Like, there are times when it's just, like, it's really fun. And it is good to give yourself over to that. I really enjoy it. But it just, you know, ultimately, in the end, it's not very productive. So it's something that uh, me and Matthew will work on. Hopefully, anyway. Because I love... I, he won't be listening, but I do love him. He's a, he's a hilarious man. And I want to spend more time doing actual adventures. And with JMO as well. And I think it maybe starts in me. If I if I don't have the chaos inside me, then um, maybe things will be a bit better. So I'll hold my hands up. I'll hold my hands up and take responsibility for it. So me and Matt had had handbags at dawn anyway. And we were sat by the fire just like going through it. And I was like, fuck, there's a torch there. And um, there was this huge torch coming through the woods. And it was the owner of the woods, El Mick. I think his name was Mick. who I'd met on our, on the way into the woods, we met him and he had a tramp stamp. That's all I can, that's the main thing is that he had a tramp stamp. Um, he looked like a gnarled, like he was made out of bark and he had a tramp stamp. Fair enough. Fair enough. Have a tramp stamp. It's 2022. It's looked like he got it back in day though when it was actually like, whoops. Bit of a mistake maybe, I don't know. Who knows, but he came over and he was absolutely livid, man. Livid, because we'd burnt Deadfall. We'd not used the wood that we... Well, we bought some wood off him, but then we ended up burning it all at first night. It, was, it didn't last very long at all. And so we were just burning a bit of Deadfall, but we didn't know any different because the first time that we'd camped there... He wasn't about, and he told Jamie, he just said, look, guys, use whatever you, whatever's lying around, just use it. And that that meant to us, just use what's lying around, like deadfall. Whether it's dead standing on a tree or whether it's just 
it's fallen over and leaning against a tree, whatever. We all know what deadfall is. Dead wood from the forest. And he'd said for us to use that the first time, so we just assumed that that was the gig. You just, you know, use what you can find. And in hindsight, looking back, I'm thinking, yeah, maybe that is a bit daft because... On a one-off, like if I'm wild camping and I know I'm not putting a lot of pressure on an area because it's just me in a huge area, I'll have a really small contained fire, I'll dig away the earth, have me fire back on it. It's good to go. I'm not like digging up plants and I'm not messing about. I know what I'm doing. Um, Leave no trace. But if you own a woodland like he did where you open it up to the public and they come and they wild camp and stuff then there's a lot of pressure on that area, a lot of human pressure on that area. And so I understand that you 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 have to have strict rules. You have to have guidelines and stuff, which you did have on a leaflet, which we didn't see. So no one was in the wrong. We weren't in the wrong. We were just, we were just Ill, ill-informed. We didn't know. We didn't know the script. So yeah, if you've got people coming in every day or every weekend or whatever and they're camping and then they start using all the deadfall, um, foraging and shitting everywhere and even if it's done respectfully it's still going to put a lot of pressure on that small area in it so I completely understand where he was coming from um, but I also will say this he overreacted man big time because I think at first he thought we were and he said this he just thought we were three lads who hadn't paid to camp we were just like rogues like um who just come across his wood, and that's why he was like, he was like, oh, I had I had three of my mates ready to rock and roll if you were going to kick off, and he'd got that in his head that we were, uh, we hadn't paid to be there, we weren't supposed to be there, we were illegally on his land, and he came in with that energy, and I feel like he had to keep that energy. He, he couldn't just be like, what the fuck are you doing? And then be like, oh, it's you guys, cool. He had to keep that energy because he came in with it. Um, and he was like, what the fuck are you doing? You're having a fire. You're, you're burning all the micro fucking bio, the micro fuck. I don't know, mate. This, the, the, the microorganisms, the network that the trees speak to each other through, the mycelium network and all that sort of gear, um, which I get it. I, I get it. I get it. And I'm not going to argue because it's his passion and it's his thing. So I'm not going to argue with him. I didn't argue with him then. I'm not going to argue with him now. I did argue with them a little bit, but it's only because summit stuff. You have to rein some people in, don't you? Or they can get carried away, mate. He was like, "Look at the roots of this oak tree. You're burning them." I'm like, Mm-mm. "There was a dead. There was a stump of an old tree there anyway. That, that they were the roots of that, and we were a suitable distance away from the tree where it wasn't going to be crying. Like he was saying that we were hurting its feelings or whatever, but." We were a suitable distance away from it. Um, I mean, you're always going to be near trees, aren't you, when when you're out in the woods? Because for however tall a tree is, that's how far the roots go out as well. So you can't really have a fire in woods without being over roots and stuff like that. It's just the nature of the game. Um, but total respect to this dude. And so he, it turns out, has designated fire areas in the woodland so obviously that ground is scorched and it'll keep getting scorched. So we didn't know that. And the first time we went, we didn't leave any trace to the point we couldn't even find our campsite last time we went. 
the ground was completely, you know, we dug it over and 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 put all the earth back. It was just a load of misunderstanding, I think. Oh, my thing keeps stopping on thing. Um, where was I? Um, yeah, so me and Matt had done these this mushroom, <laughs> mushroom chocolate, you know, because we're spiritual. We're a couple of spiritual gurus, and we wanted to just be at one with nature in the woods, yeah. So I think we were coming up on them shrooms, like, when he was there. Which you don't need it. You don't need an outside influence when you're uh, getting in touch with your spiritual roots. Um, but Matt Matt dealt with the situation very well. Like he was our spokesperson because I got a little bit angry at first because he was like the guy threatened to smash my truck up. He was like, oh, "Smash your fucking truck up!" I was like, "You what?" You, and he said he was like you heard and I was like ah and then I felt that you know when you get all hot in your skin you're like oh this is gonna go bad because I can't just sit there and let someone threaten to or actually do smash me truck up without you know I mean why is it going to end and if Matt weren't there where would he, it would have ended with just me and him brawling in woods <laughs> and me getting murdered and buried under a tree uh so Matt was very diplomatic. He was very, he calmed him down, and I took myself away from the situation. And just a few trees down, where it's pitch black, and I could sit with my back up against a tree, and just watch it unfold, just in case it all went sour. I was there, <laughs> uh, and then Jamie got loads of water. We put the fire out, and in the end, it was all good. He was like, he was talking to us, and that. I gave him a hug at the end. I was like, yeah, peace, mate, nice one, all good. And then in the morning, he was all good with us. It was just misunderstanding. So if you're going to do that sort of stuff, make sure you read Leaflet. <laughs> make sure you read the Leaflet. Don't just assume. That's all it was. But anyway, so we left there with tail between my legs um, and uh, heading down to... Where was I going to? Br Brighton. Brighton? Bristol? Brighton. So I was on my way to Brighton, right? And I had, I had my truck, right? And I had, fuck it, two nights and two days worth of all the rubbish that we'd had accumulated on our camp was in the back of my truck. So I've, it's like a flat bed and then a, like a, I have this cover that goes over it and I had like three or four big bags full of all, oh, empty booze bottles and bits and oh, just all sorts, man. It's stinky old rubbish. Driving that motorway, you know, feeling a little bit, like, remorseful about getting told off by Big Mick. Because I didn't like it. Because I'm a man of the woods myself, and it felt like, ah, oh, I really let Mick down there. But that's all right. And also felt bad about letting Matt down. Jamie, I think Jamie's fine. He was he just had a really good time, I think. I mean, the, the moral of the story is just be more like Jamie. Don't overthink stuff like me and Matt do. We're like we're giddy up here, like this is the best time ever. Even when that that even when Mick left, me and Matt were like, oh, "Have we got any more wine?" We were like wanting to party even harder. Absolute chaos. But for us up there as we are, then afterwards we're like, "Oh no, <laughs> doom, little doom munchers." Be more like Jamie on a level, man. So I'm heading down to Brighton. And the back, I don't know what had happened, but the fuck, the whole back of my truck came off on the motorway, just blew off, saw it in my rear views, and it was just like, uh-oh, 
on the motorway and I was going so I couldn't stop and I saw all the cars that were behind me piling up not crashing but just having to come to a complete stop I was like oh no and then one of the bags of rubbish just went all over Shan man oh my god and then I'm so there I'm like on a two day hangy couldn't handle it kept going a little bit further pulled over into this lay-by got the remaining two bags, got whatever litter I could salvage back into the other bag, and then I had to <laughs> cram it all into my truck. So I'm in driver's seat, and I've just got, I'm like, oh, mate, two or three bin bags full of stinking b- rubbish all up in me, all up in me grill, all like a, like, ugh, like a dirty passenger. I doubled round. It took ages to get round on this motorway, I thought, I'll have to go and try and find this back. Because I've got all my spearfishing gear in the back of my truck, all my camping gear, and it's all now exposed. And um, I went back to get it, put my hazards on, crawling down, thinking, oh, someone must have just chucked it to the side of the road. No, gone. So someone will just have just chucked it in the back of their car or truck or whatever and, and had away with it. And this is where we get to my low point. Like, forget, like, being... You know, forget getting told off by Mick. That was just lessons in life. And also, that whole weekend, my, the fun outweighed the, the mad shit for me. I really enjoyed it. But this is where I get to a low point. Um, I'm driving and I get into Bristol. I'm looking for a bin. And I just can't find one big enough to deal with all this shit. And I'm driving around. I keep getting lost. keep getting stuck in traffic. And all the while, I can just smell... <laughs> like it's like the north you know what's that story when there's like a beating heart under the floorboards it's like that this is my shame and i'm driving with all my shame i can smell the shame i can see the shame tangibly and it stinks man i'm over as fuck and i can just smell stale booze like stale food like just oh and um, I'm and I'm just thinking, and, and I don't know where I'm going. I have no, I've made no plans whatsoever. I don't have a place to stay, so I'm essentially just homeless, driving round Brighton with a truck full of litter. <laughs> and I, and at one point I pulled over and I was just like, ah, what, what, what can I do? This is rock bottom. Is this what rock bottom looks like? <laughs> Obviously overthinking stuff because I was, you know, I was on a two-day hangover. But that was that was a low point for me, man. An absolute <laughs> kick in the dick. So what I had to do is I had to drive. So I was like, right, normally they have big bins at supermarkets. So I typed in Tesco, whatever it was, other supermarkets. Um, I had to go there. It was busy as fuck, man. And I... Uh, they didn't have the big bins. They just had like a two or three little bins dotted about this car park. And so I spent maybe 45 minutes just walking to each of these bins and having to physically decan all the shit with by hand, all gubbins getting all over my fucking fingers and that. And then cram it into these civilian bins. It took 45 minutes, mate. And... It was a low point. 
<laughs> it was a definite low point in my life. So I was like, right, I need some digs, man. I need some digs. I can't camp because I've got no, I've got no back on my truck now. Everything's exposed. So I booked into a place in Brighton, some digs, and then everything started to just get a little bit better. Managed to get a shower. Managed to put everything in the in the my the cab of my truck, so it was kind of safe. And then I just took some time. Just I was like chilling, man. Did a bit of yoga. Did a bit of chilling. Just like re, just rebuilding, <laughs> rebuilding myself. But I was supposed to meet my mate Dustin, who hadn't got back to me for ages. Uh, and then that just one thing led to another, and I was like, this is not right. I shouldn't be going to meet these people like Daniel Mann and Dustin and then going in, into Cornwall to see John because you need to be in the right headspace. I wasn't in the right headspace and my van was, everything was exposed in my van so it would have been a nightmare putting all my wet wetsuit and stuff in the cab and not having room for it all. And so I made the executive decision right there. I was like, right, this is it now. We'll get a good night's kip, nice food and everything and then back, back up north from whence ye came, which is what I did. Which is what I did. Um, and it was the best decision, mate. It was the best decision because since then, I've just been on a... How long ago was that? It was a couple of weeks ago. Since then, mate, I've just been on a complete buzz. I've been absolutely loving it. Looking after myself, getting loads done. Um... I did some, I've had, I've done a couple of amazing camps, not last night, night before, I had a nice hammock camp, nice controlled firing bush box, no booze, just a really nice thing, I've been doing a lot of wild swimming, finding some amazing new wild swimming places, um, I had an amazing camp on the cliff, where I nearly lost my tent, if you'd have seen that, fucking nearly lost her, nearly lost me uh, big Agnes, and I made a point of attaching the guy line to the bag. I was like, which I always do, but I made a point to camera about it. And then literally five minutes later, the, all the pegs up, the pegs uprooted and it just went whoosh, blue. Nearly ended up in sea. <laughs> Absolute joyous. I was joyed because it's like with everything recently, um, I was nearly in a bit of a car. Well, I'll tell you this. I was out with my mate James Butler, the tattooist James Butler, and we were going camping. And for some reason, we were just driving, chatting and that. And he missed a um, a giveaway sign on a T-junction and went straight across his road. I was like, what the fuck? Thought we were going to die, mate. We got, to, we got across it and he was like, oh my God, I'm sorry, mate, I'm sorry, mate. I was like, no, it's, it's okay. It's all good, it's all good. It's not very well, you know... It's not a very good sign or whatever. And then that feeling of elation of like, oh my God, we didn't get sidewinded by a car. We're not in hospital. I'm not dead. It felt amazing. And it always does feel amazing when you have a near miss. It's amazing. Um, it's like, oh, when I had the big C and they're like, actually, mate, you're not going to die or whatever. If, I mean, that's an obvious one. <laughs> that's, I mean, that is an obvious one, isn't it? That's an obvious one, but it was like that. I nearly lost my tent, and then I was like, oh my God, I didn't, because it also blew my electric bike over. 
that would have been, oh my God, the bike, the tent, the bag would have gone with it. I'd have lost everything. I'd have just been there with nothing. Bikes gone, cameras, everything gone. So I felt absolutely elated about that. Over the moon. And sometimes, what I'm realising a lot, and this was like last night or whenever it was, I was in the uh, hammock camp. I'd, I'd got hit by midges like nothing before, almost as bad as Scotland. I just must have got there. I just must have been the time when they all hatched or something because I was trying to put my hammock up and there was just a cloud, like just a cloud of midges. I put smidge on myself. I'd covered my skin, but they were just, they didn't give a shit. They were in my ears, in my eyes, all on my neck. Get it. it was driving me to distraction. I thought if any more of this, if they don't abate when I light the fire, I'm bailing out. Because it was driving me insane. I lit the fire in the bush box, covered myself in the smoke because they don't like that. Sat back and they just chilled out. And I was like, oh my God, that feeling was so nice. You know? And it's and that was the lesson I took from it. It's like having that feeling of you don't always and I'm sat here now talking on this I can't even call it a podcast, whatever this is. I'm not sat here thinking, oh, thank fuck I'm not being eaten by midges. But if I really focused on it, and or if I had been getting eaten by midges and then it stopped, I'd feel amazing. And it's about learning to carry that feeling or being able to tap into it whenever you want. Like not losing my tent in the, in the sea. That feeling of like, oh my God, it didn't go in. was pure elation. And that's only just my mind, isn't it? I've just made up that in my mind. Because nothing actually happened. There was just a gust of wind. Nothing happened. And all of a sudden, I've, I've got this, I feel like just pure joy inside me. And it just makes me think like, you can surely tap into that if you know how. And I guess that's where Buddhism, meditating and all that sort of stuff comes in, which I'm going to bore you about soon because I'm getting right into it. I went on a tangent there. I forgot my original stuff. So if I've not finished a thought, sorry. <laughs> That's just how it is. Um, yeah, so I've come back up up north and I've only drank twice since I've been here. And that was only like, I went out for a couple of cocktails with my friend and then she came around here and we just had a couple of white claws. <laughs> well, dude, you ever had white claw? Because welcome. I'd never really thought about white claw before, but. So much healthier than beer. Uh, it's like hard seltzer, they call it. Hard water. I don't know what it's called. Like, it's just water with, um, with a bit of booze in it and some nice flavours. And um, we only had a couple because she's uh, into health and well-being. And that's brilliant. And that's the difference. Like the fire in the back garden, couple of white claw. You don't have to go buckus wildus. And then you feel great the next day. It's all about balance, mate. And it's all about learning. And I'm still learning. And that's what I'm going to be doing, man. I'm going to just... I've been running a bit and been getting back into my health and fitness and stuff. And I don't want to be one of them guys who's like... On Instagram, always being like, come on, guys, just get on it. Four o'clock in the morning, I'm on it. Come on. I've had two hours kip and I'm out lifting weights and running in sand. I don't want to be that guy. I want to keep it real. 
so that we can we can have a nice balance. But I'm going to report back to you and we'll see how we get on. Is that everything I've been up to? No, I've been up to all sorts, to be honest. And I'm up to more stuff. Um, so I feel good. Been doing a lot of healthy stuff. I've been on some nice solo wild camps where no no drinking, no getting all crazy or anything, just just being. I really enjoyed it. It's really centred me. But I know that this weekend's going to be... I've got a full weekend stag party. Oh. Mad ting. Not a stag party like you might... You, you Not not your classic, let's go to Newcastle and fuck shit up. It's not one of them ones. Um, we're all going to someone's house who's got a, like a decent sized garden. There's maybe about 15 to 20 of us. Um, we do want to be playing instruments. There'll be a fire going. We've hired out this uh, pool table in a pub for uh, like a few hours of playing pool. We're going to go while swimming. There'll be decks and music, all that sort of outdoorsy sort of a stag do, which I'm looking forward to. But inevitably, chaos reigns supreme. <laughs> we'll try. We'll try and keep it real, but might be a little bit chaotic. So there'll be no, there won't be much. <laughs> I'm missing out. I'm not filming this weekend. Basically, is what I'm saying because I'm at a stag do. Oh God. Tomorrow, I'm off to go see actually my mate James Butler, who I was just talking about, because he's tatting me up. He's gonna give me some leg work. I need some. I'm having some needle therapy, and uh, on my leg. So no wild swimming. I better go for a wild swim. Today, get get me uh, get me fixed before I can't anymore. Right, I'm gonna reload my coffee. Get some. I'm just gonna reload my jitter juice. I'll be back in a second, and then we're gonna tap into some positive news. I'm back. I'm back. Now then, how are you? Now then. Positive news, right, first article that comes up, just get stuck into it, mate. Positive news, this abandoned arcade is set to become the UK's first community shopping centre. Hell yes. In West Yorkshire as well, shout out my West Yorkshire man and lady dem. Should we get into art? Should we click on it? Yeah, we will actually. Dude, this is a great idea. Community-run shopping centre. When the golden arches of McDonald's blinked out for the last time in Dewsbury Town Centre almost a decade ago, a slew of high street stalwarts joined the exodus. Movement of ja people. Since then, the West Yorkshire town has been battered by recession. Cowed by the online shopping onslaught and sidelined in favour of shiny destination cities like Leeds. Leeds, 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 Leeds. But as the dust settles, community business expert Chris Hill spies opportunity amid hardship. He plans to breathe new life into Dewsbury's redundant Victorian arcade in a £7 million project that will make it the first community-led shopping centre in the UK. 
So this is amazing, actually. And I was having this conversation with a friend of mine the other day because even places like York, which is very affluent, it has a lot of, you know, the tourism brings a lot of revenue into the city. But even this has got, you'll see the odd building in the town centre that's just just derelict in between businesses or whatever. Huge spaces and you think, well, how can you fill that space? Because things like Debenham, CNA and all that, redundant, mate. A thing of the past for me and just fact. Now, there's a thing in York, for anyone who has been to York or is from York or whatever will know, there is also one in Newcastle. Um, and it's called Spark. And it's it's basically shipping containers. You know them big steel shipping containers? I, I used to keep my tools in one of them. It's basically a collection of them that are all just stacked together on two floors. And in each one, there's an independent business. A lot of it is food-based, but then you have, like, someone who makes their own jewellery, maybe an artist, and it's it, it's like a hub, like a community hub. And a lot of people use it as a training ground for, you know, or a, or a stepping stone for their businesses. There was a guy who owned a ramen place in there, and I used to go and talk to him about ramen because I'm a nerd on ramen, mate. I watched a few documentaries on it on YouTube and thought I was, I was like... I went in and started pecking his head. What sort of stock do you use for your ramen, mate? He's like dropping keywords and that. Oh, you'll use pickled ginger. Um, but he put he put up with me, and then he went on to then be a resident, have have his own business in in a in a big pub in York in the city centre, which is amazing. And it's all independent. Which is, which is just the key in it, and so if they're going to do it like that, that's how I thought. That's how I see the 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 future of the soup the of the high street going. So you'd have this arcade like they're doing it here, and it would be like Spark. So you'll have all these little independent sellers and people who m- make their own stuff. So it's essentially like a market, but in a shopping arcade in the centre. And I just hope that the councils don't charge the earth for rent and get greedy so that you can't have your little, you know, if someone, I do say you know a lot. For example, so if you're a fossil guy, that might be your thing. So you go and you collect your fossils and stuff. That's taking you a long time to do. It's a, you know, it's a hard thing to do. You get your collection of your fossils. You set up your stall. You don't want to be paying a shitload of money for rent. Because then there's just no point in the hardship. So I hope they keep it fair. And I hope that works out. So we can reclaim the city centres. And especially in the up in the north where I'm from, there's a lot of dead industry. And these towns are like ghost towns, man. Like Doncaster, Huddersfield, Bradford. All these, sort, all these places. What was this one? Dewsbury. They were all booming back in the day when the mills were running. But one, uh, Scunthorpe, the steel industry, like once once the industry goes, you're left with 
just loads of people, but not a lot of jobs. And so you end up with like poverty and then crime and, and all this, man. And I think that is the only way to go for these city centres is to make it little pockets of independent sellers. Even if it just looks like a massive car boot sale, it's better than it just being all derelict. That's a great idea. And it's a positive idea, guys. It's positive news. What else we got on Positive News website? Um, five powerful ways to take action against period poverty. And there's a picture of some knickers with some flowers on the gusset. We won't get into that. We won't get into that. Um, just want to say thanks to everyone who gave me questions for the Joey D podcast. I did, I had all intentions to do one with him. I went through to Sheffield, but our... He couldn't get the time. He couldn't get the time. He's a very busy man. So I'm putting them on ice. And I'll either get him on a phone call or hopefully we're going to be going out and doing a bike camp or something else that we've got planned. It's either a bike camp or we do plan to do a... We plan to follow a river from the source to the mouth, which will take a few days and which will be quite an adventure. We do plan to do that. And when I, when we do do something like that, that I'll ask them questions. So they haven't been forgotten. They've just been put on ice. That's good, is that? Ah, breathe. Oh, no, you can't just breathe with your eyes shut and not say anything when you're doing a podcast because some people might just be listening to this. I do have a lot of uh, footage from the camping trip with Matt and Jamie that Matt and Jamie sent to me that they'd taken on their phones. Now, I'm sort of reluctant to put it out because I just want to forget that now and move on. It's done. But there are some bits that are quite funny. It was just funny to see, like, how mad me and Matt are and how not mad Jamie is, really. We're just, like, vying for attention and just being all... Just, I guess we're aware of it, aren't we? Because we've got an audience and all this. Whereas Jamie don't give a rat's dick. And that's how you should be, really. But, I uh, I might put the, if I do, it'll be at the end of this. It'll be at the end of this and it won't be audio. If you're just listening to this on audio, you've dodged a bullet. But for the people who just watch on Patreon, if I've if I've bothered, then I'll chop it together and put it on the end of here. If it feels right when I watch it back, if it doesn't, mate, then it just it just gets lost in the midst of time, not but a memory in the past. That's another thing I've been thinking about recently: is the past and the future. Someone like who is it who said it? It's probably Eckhart Tolle who said it, but like the past causes like you depression is attached with the past anxiety is attached to the future and in the moment and in the present now you're free there is no there is no worries i've been practicing that a lot because when i when i do sort of feel that little ball of like oh there's something not quite right in me like i'm not i felt this like since i was a teenager really like something ain't right like something's off and I'm not in on it. I'm not in on the on the gag because it's just in me. I feel just a bit disconnected. I'm a, a one step away from everyone else. 
like in a social situation, I just feel a bit like removed from it. Like even though I'm doing all the, I'm I'm cosplaying as a decent human. I'm I'm giving it like I'm answering people. I'm making, being funny. I'm doing all this, but then I just feel a little bit uh, removed from it. Like I'm not connected in like deeply and truthfully connected. And it's very rare that I do feel like that with people. Um, and I'm learning that it is living in the now and not attaching yourself or your thoughts to things that have happened in the past or that things that might happen in the future. There is no, there is no peace to be found in them places. Yes, it's okay to have a night to revel in a nice memory or to, to make plans, but don't attach any negative feelings to 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 the past and the future because they don't exist, mate. Don't worry about it. Just be, just be in the now, and that's easy for me to say, isn't it? And you get Trevor who's been grafting his ass off for fifteen hours joint day, and then he comes back. Kids are crying. Wife's giving him jip. He's got to like fix his, the toilet and all that sort of stuff. You're like, oh, Trevor, look, Trev, 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 take a sit down. There is no such thing as the past and the future. <laughs> He's like, mate, do one. Do one, you raging hippie. Fair Trev. Fair Trev, do you want a pint? Aye. And then me and Trev go for a pint. Everything's all good. He leaves his wife for me. Um, And that's me and Trev. Uh, oh. This thing pisses me off, man. I keep having to, sorry. I keep having to get up and change this camera. Like, it, it goes for half an hour and then it shuts itself off. Because of stupid tax reasons. Right, I was I was gonna close this out. Should we phone my dad? For Bants. Um do I have any notes? No, I don't. Cool. No notes, mate. Just freestyled all that. Well done. <laughs> done an hour, aren't I? I've been really trying to get out into the sea get some spearfishing and stuff done, but the visibility, every time I go, it's sort of, it's counterproductive because I've got, I pack all my stuff, I get all my icebox ready in case I catch anything, load the truck and I, it takes me a long time and then I've got to drive all the way to the coast and I get there, get all my gear on, I get in and it's like, you can't see shit. And I sometimes, I, try and I, try, I think I'll make a video, I'll do a catch and cook or whatever and then it's so... It's sort of not worth it <laughs> because the amount of... Uh, it's just a hard graft, man. I even drove all the way up past Newcastle up north the other day because I'd met someone online who was uh, into the same stuff, spearfishing and stuff. I got chatting to him and I was like, can I join you? Can I come up to your neck at Woods and we'll buddy up? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went all the way there, got there, wash out, wash out, no viz, rough sea. Right, brilliant. Just drove two hours. So that's a four-hour round trip. A lot of petrol money and a lot of time. It like, takes a full day and I don't get anything from it. And So it's a bit frustrating when I love I love diving. Like Forget the catching fish element. I just love being in the sea. I just love diving. But it brings me joy. And I can't do it and it's frustrating a little bit. It's frustrating, man, but... That's that's like first world problem. I can't go spearfishing. Poor you. I hope you've got some out of this. Even if it's just distracted you <laughs> from reality for a little bit. Or 
you know, give you a little bit of background, a little bit, you know, just in case you wanted a northern bloke in your luggles while you're doing ironing. Or whatever, I hope it's brought that to you, <laughs> at the very least. What have I got coming up, I hear you ask? On A's Outdoors, I hear you ask. What have we got coming up? Um, not a lot, mate, I don't think. <laughs> not a lot. I've just been just stripping it all back to, to the essence, mate, and just going out and doing some solo wild camps as I like to do, really enjoying it. I do have my big hikes coming up. The only thing is I've missed the window. I've missed the midge window. And if the other night was anything to go by, mate, I can't hack it. I can't hack it. I can't hack midges, man. Too much. So I think I've missed the midge window. They're on, they're, they'll be on fine form at the moment in Scotland. So there's a chance I might wait until the, uh, until the end of summer, until the midges die down a little bit, and then I'm going to go and do some big hikes up in Scotland. But I do plan to do a few hikes around the UK. So stay tuned for that. I hope I get them done anyway. It's one of them, innit? I'm just, just setting off, man. It's just a lot of commitment to be like, oh, I've got, I'm going away for a week or two. Who's going to feed me birds and water me houseplants? <laughs> Don't matter. Don't worry about it. Right, anyway. Love to you all. Right, thanks for watching. If you're just watching on Patreon. Um, thanks for listening if you're just listening in the lug oils I'll hopefully be back next week to let you know how I got on on my stag weekend <laughs> and uh, we'll touch base see what guanin will I be having a guest on? might be who knows Got some. I've got some guests lined up he keeps promising his guests I keep saying yeah well when I have guests guys it's going to be amazing what did I do with my only guest? my first guest? And I mean, we do count Joey D as a guest. I do. I did say that on the podcast that he wasn't a guest because he doesn't feel like he's a guest. He's more of like he's my mate, and partner, not like a real guest. But so I get a real guest on in the form of acclaimed comedy writer and broadcaster Matthew Morgan. And I just all I do for it is buy a load of stinking jelly ba- jelly beans. Don't even have any questions sorted, and we just have jelly beans and I like jitter about under an oak tree but going forward guys uh i really want to get some inspirational people on we want to talk about stuff i'm interested in so we can then in turn inspire you that's the direction i want to go down i want to learn stuff and inspire myself and then hopefully in turn get you inspired as well and i do have a few people ready to come on but whether i'm just going to be an absolute buffoon remains to be seen i hope not I hope I can keep it together um, and have an actual conversation for an hour without when you're keeping it together. <laughs> Only time will tell. Anyway, we'll see. Hopefully, you'll be with me for the for the the metamorphosis of this podcast when it becomes actually something quite good. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Right. Let's finish on this, man. It's just, it's called The Sparrow. It's by Paul Lawrence Dunbar. A little bird with plumage brown beside my window flutters down. A moment chirps its little strain, then taps upon my window pane. And chirps again and hops along to call my notice to its song. But I work on, nor heed its lay, till, in neglect, it flies away. 
So birds of peace and hope and love come fluttering earthward from above to settle on life's window sills and ease our load of earthly ills. But we, in traffic's rush and din, too deep engaged to let them in, with deadened heart and sense plod on, nor know our loss till they are gone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. I send you now but love. Bye for now. Go!